Always listen to experts. They'll tell you what can't be done and why. Then do it. Robert A. Heinlein. Hello, and welcome to the Dominate Test Prep podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, founder of Dominate Test Prep and host of the podcast. And today, I am going to inspire you with an incredible story of overcoming the odds to attain an MBA. And I would say, I'm going to inspire you, but it's not my job to inspire you. I want you to hear from our special guest today, Darius Witted. Darius, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you doing today? My name is Darius Witted. Um, I just graduated from UNCP. And I thank Brett for this wonderful opportunity today. Yeah, and we're thrilled to have you because it's your story that is inspiring. In fact, I was inspired. So for background, I came across an article that was sort of detailing the life story of Darius and how he got to the point of graduating with his MBA just a couple of about a month ago, a little less than a month ago uh, from UNC Pembroke. And I just thought it was incredible and compelling. And I always love hearing stories of people who persevere, who overcome obstacles en route to accomplishing great things. And that is exactly what Darius has done. So I was like, man, I I need to talk to Darius. I need to ask him some more questions. And I want you, the listener, to hear his story as well, simply so that you can be encouraged as you look to go to business school and get your MBA yourself. So earning an MBA is a major accomplishment under the best of circumstances, but imagine you've been paralyzed since the age of three, as Darius has been. And so that that is incredible. I mean, it, it's hard enough to think about how, how you're going to learn how to navigate the world, let alone go back to school, let alone get a higher education degree. And here Darius is having done just that. So I want to go ahead and just start, Darius, and first of all, congratulate you, but ask you, what was it like? What was the feeling you had just a couple of weeks ago as you rolled across stage? And I say roll because you're in a wheelchair. For those of you listening, I'm just trying to paint a picture. I'm talking with Darius right now. I can see him on Zoom. He's in a wheelchair. You can't see him, but but you crossed stage. You got your hood. You got your MBA. What was going through your mind, through your heart? What were your feelings when you finally got your MBA degree? Well, I had a bunch of mixed emotions. One, I was proud to be finally be done. Like I mean, it's been a long time coming. Um, getting an MBA was another major accomplishment on my goal to basically making sure I had a successful future. I was also, like I was telling my mom, I was nervous and scared because, I mean, I'm at the crossroads where I know which way I want to go. However, I don't know what's coming my way. However, the way the world is, whatever, no matter what it throws at me, I feel like I can tackle it head on because I'm that type of person. I'll just put one, like I was telling someone, look, one charge at a time, I'm going to be heading towards my goal. And that's really what it was. Like, you know, going across the stage, you know, um, even the um, one of disability life from the Accessibility Research Center who sat beside me, helped me during graduation too. Like, you got an standing ovation when you went across the stage. And I was just like, hey, it's graduation. You got to go out with a bang. So I felt really glad. Like, I mean, I haven't, sometimes I forget like how much people really notice me. Cause I mean, I'm just, I try to, I mean, from my point of view, I'm just a regular normal person doing any, anything that anyone else would do. But I mean, just moments like that make me feel really good and that I'm actually moving in the right direction. Well, I have no doubt that you will be successful at whatever put you put your mind to because you have shown it. You have persevered. You have overcome the odds. 
Why why business school though? So you're not entirely sure what the future holds. And I think that's I think that's common, right? So often we we're so focused on the task at hand. I remember when I went to graduate school myself. You your goal is to get into business school or graduate school, and now you're there and it's a matter of okay, doing the work and getting ready for this test, and and then all of a sudden you get your degree and it's like, uh, okay, I've focused so long and so hard on this, what's next? But what what did you envision when you started this journey, I guess six years ago now, because you got an undergraduate degree from UNCP, then your master's degree now in business from UNCP. Why business though? What attracted you to the world of business? Well, some people don't know, like when I first went to school at college, I didn't start with a business degree. I was actually a computer science major because I'm growing up throughout grade school and everything. I had two main interests. Um, I like video games and computers. Um, I didn't really play video game, but I just like I like the design of them. I like, you know, how detailed and the graphics and everything. Plus, I mean, it's mainstream. Like, people, you make one video game, it's thing you know people all over the world are playing it. And I always wanted to make a difference in some in some you know form or fashion. However, you know, when I got to UNCP, I started computer science. Um, did a first semester, took two, took one intro to algorithms and intro to programming classes. Passed it pretty good and everything, but I just felt like it wasn't a good fit for me. So I then I thought back about you know what what else I did after grade school. I participated in a bunch of fundraisers. I had people tell me like you could sell ice to an Eskimo and all kinds of stuff like that. There's so all like, okay, and plus I like business and everything. Like I also told myself like growing up one day in the future, I don't know what it will be just yet, but I told myself that I want to own my own business, be my own boss man. So when I so when, when I felt like you know computer science wasn't a good fit, I switched to business. Um, that following semester after my 2016 year when I started. Um, and then I really loved it. Like I haven't had any regrets. My classes and everything, learning about business was what really made me happy thus far over the past six years. Yeah, and it's important that we do things that we like and we resonate and make us fulfilled and happy. Did you concentrate in any aspect of business? What aspect of business? I know you said you maybe want to be your own boss someday, start your own business. What aspect of business did you concentrate in? So in undergrad, it was mainly marketing up until my senior year. And then I was like, well, man, I like numbers too. I like to work on math. I like working with money and everything. So I, I added on the finance competition. However, when the pandemic came, it kind of threw into my plan. I wasn't able to fully finish the finance concentration. So I ended up graduating with a Bachelor of Business Administration. It was a concentration in marketing. However, it was already my plan to go to grad school right away. So once I looked at the program that UNCP had offered, I talked to um, Dr. Christine Bell, who was over the MBA program at the time. And uh, we basically come to the conclusion that, you know, Finance would be a good fit for me. If I wanted to change it later, I could because um, the way their program works is most of their um, regular classes, you know, um, it's the same no matter what um, degree you get master's wise. It's just your core classes that would be different. For example, if you're a finance major, you'll take different core classes than someone who's a health administration major or a business an analytics major. So I start with finance and I really like it. Like it's been difficult at times just because of, I mean, you have to know the formula of certain classes, you know. The higher level they are, the more difficult it can be. However, at the same time, it's worth it. I really enjoyed it, and I've learned a lot over the years to the point to where I feel like I'm prepared to take on whatever the world throws at me. Yeah. And I know I've talked to a lot of other people here on this podcast and just in general about their experience in business school, and there's sort of this yin and yang versus hard skills and soft skills. The hard skills being the X's and O's that you learn in the classroom, the formulas you're talking about, how to balance spreadsheets, all of those types of things. 
but also the soft skills of networking and uh, person, the personal development and, and interacting with people and the sort of the intangibles that lead to success in business. Do you think, uh, do you think UNCP did a good job of striking that balance? And which would you say was more impactful for you? As you come away with your MBA degree, would you say you learn more of the hard skills or the soft skills or a combination of both? So MBA, since the program is mainly online, you learn more of the hard skills just because, you know, classes online, you don't really get to interact as much with your professor or with you do, as you would do in the class. However, I think one thing that I would change that they could, you know, add on is what they do for undergrad students, they have some sort of a passport program. And trust me, it has nothing to do with getting a passport at all. <laughs> so basically, you have these different things. Like you have networking uh, events you have to take care of in order to get checked off. But basically, it's like a whole checklist of things you have to do in order to make sure you graduate. Um, one is the event called Coffee and Conversation, where you go to the professor, you talk with them, you can talk about grades, classes, or you can just get to know them on a personal level. Um, other events is you have to have a passport exit interview where you choose a topic, and then from there, you basically, um, you don't know who the professor is going to, who's going to be uh, on the other side of the screen at first until you have your interview. Basically, you know, you come, you don't have to be nothing real long, you just choose a topic, um, whatever you want to talk about. Um, it can be COVID or anything, you know, whatever you want to do. And from there, you just basically you can do a PowerPoint or you just come up with your details about what you want to present to them. And then from there, you know, it's basically like a basic interview. So so let's say, you know, you get ready to prepare for a job or anything, you know, sometimes some certain job, they want you to, you know, have a PowerPoint about a certain topic. So they can see what you know and how you would apply the information. So basically it works the same way, but uh, the MBA program is mainly online. So you don't have, to, you don't get to do that. It's really, you know, you do the work. Um, if you need things from here, you just email them and everything like that. So one thing I would suggest that they could change is to add like some type of passport program aspect to the MBA program, just so because you can never go wrong with, you know, making connect work, making connections, networking and stuff like that, because those are lifelong skills that you'll always need, especially in the business world when you interaction with people is really what will make or break your business. That's right. Are you a people person, would you say? Yes, sir. I really, I'm getting along very well. Like I'm always trying to make people laugh, trying to bring a smile to their day because I mean, I always say like, if I can bring one good thing to your day, then I've done something that, you know, made a difference in whether a small or big way. Because you never know what someone's going through until you actually talk to them and get to know them. Yeah. That's I mean that's an incredible perspective. And you've obviously gone through a lot yourself. So uh what I think is cool, even just even just a little bit of conversation we've had so far is you're just a normal guy. You're I mean you're you're talking as if nothing is different about you. Your experience in business school, it's like, okay, hey, they gave me a standing ovation, but like why? You know, I'm just I'm just another student. And yet you're not really just another student. Uh take me back. Take me back and take the listeners back to age three. Can you tell us sort of what happened and and how your life changed back when you were three years old? And I would say this this story really hits home because I have a three year old myself and I can't even I can't even imagine what that was like. What do you what do you remember? Well, I mean, I mean, I like first of all, I want to say I was a troublemaker, like typical kid, three years old, getting into this, getting into that, you know, running around, you know, you know how kids can be. Um, the only thing that happened to my situation is, um, you know, being being in like I was, I don't want to say like watch your kids, make sure you know they're doing what they're supposed to do, but kids are going to be kids. So I was just, you know, I was just you know mess around, and uh, my uncle, for example, he was with a gun at the time. That's how my accident happened. Like, um. I just found it one night, one day, one evening when my grandpa, not my grandpa, but my grandma was taking care of my grandpa. And I just went in while he was sleeping and one thing led to another. And then that's what happened. 
it's not one of my proudest moments, but as a kid, it's just, it's a life lesson, you know? Like, you know, just be careful, make sure you know you watch the kids at time, but also, you know, you have to let them live at the same time too, because I mean, kids are going to be kids at the end of the day. You just have to do what you can to protect them and then guide them in the right direction. So, so, I mean, reading between the lines, so you were, you were accidentally shot by the gun. Is that right? And, uh, were what happened at that point? Obviously, you rushed to the hospital. Were you immediately yeah, paralyzed? So I, yeah, so I went in the room. Like I said, I found it in his drawer, and then um, I just messed around playing. I pulled the trigger. So from there, it woke him up out the bed. You know, he really scooped me up, you know, wrapped me up in a blanket and everything. My grandma, um, you know, he called her out, you know, put me in the car. It went to the closest police station there. And then um, one of the ladies, she's one of my favorite persons in the world now. Her name is Sonia Johnson. I love her to death. I always think about her. I call her one of my, one of my moms, basically, because of me. She was there, um, I guess my grandma went to the police station. She was just, she helped out and everything. And you can ask her too, like, I mean, it was a whole big experience, but to this day, she's always takes on me, tells me she loves me, she's proud of me, she's praying for me. And I can never ask for nothing more than that because prayer and blessings and support from the people that know me is what really keeps me going. Yeah, it's important to have people like that in our lives for sure. And it sounds like you've had a lot of people in those lives. So uh, what what was, at that point, I mean, you're three years old. You can't walk. What? How? What was the rehab process like? How did you? How did you learn to sort of navigate the world in your early years? And what was, what was school like for you? I mean, at that point, you're about to go to preschool and then kindergarten. Tell me about the early years of your education as you were sort of figuring out life uh, without the use of your legs. So after my incident, I was in the hospital for a while. Um, I had pictures um that my grandma had um being in the hospital bed. I had a halo. Back then, so um, I'm not sure exactly how long the recovery process was. I know it was a good little bit, but I want to say by the time I was four or five, I was out. Maybe even by the time I was still three years old, um, I was you know, finished with my recovery process. And from there, um, I remember the day I do left the hospital, though, um, I couldn't even hold my head. Like, after they took the halo off, I had to, you know, basically find my balance again. And for those first couple of years, up until the first or second grade, I was in a manual wheelchair, so I got pushed around, like, you know, the uh, teachers, you know, helped me get to class and everything like that. So it was pretty normal for the most part. And then uh, after second grade, like I was after the first second grade, and then I got my first power wheelchair. And from there, it was kind of hard to navigate that because I, mean, I had a couple accidents, put a couple holes in the wall back, and just because I would learn how to drive, you know. <laughs> old, no license, I mean. Yeah, usually you wait until you're 16 years old to <laughs> learn how to drive. and you're <laughs> So I had to learn, like, navigate that cell, you know, that part of aspect of it. But, uh, but the most part, it's been pretty well and everything. I mean, I've had to get more independent over the years of my situation, like learning to do more of my own and everything like that. And um, might navigate all through school and everything. So it was pretty simple, that part of there. And then the main part was just figuring out what I want to do with my life, basically. Like, you know, being in the wheelchair, like I tell my mom, I can't take the traditional path. Like, after high school, you know, just go out and work or go in the military. That's not, that's not uh, ideal for a person like me, if that makes sense. No, it does. So I decided to go to school and then I was like, you know, I get me a degree and from there that'll take me places like, no matter what degree I get, I feel like school is going to be the right path for me so I can, you know, take my life up in the direction that I want it to go. Yeah, that's that's insightful. And it's obviously important to have people around you that you can you can talk about things like that. Do you do you have full use of your, your hands and your arms? I mean, you, can you write? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm all so basically I'm like paralyzed from like the groin or the waist down. Okay. So anything like my hands are like being in college on my own, man, I was taught myself how to cook or you know, raise up and reach things higher up and stuff like that. And uh, even reach, like, still, like, even when I was in high school, like, you know, other no cooking going on or something drop, I had to ask 
and help. But nowadays, either I can pick it up myself or I can go in the kitchen and get this and that. So um, college was a real good experience for me. I was like real, real nervous at first. My mom didn't even tell you, like, I was trying to get her to stay with me for the first week. <laughs> but then she was like, nah, you'll be okay. You'll be all right. Like, you're a big guy, you know. If anything goes wrong, you need anything. Look, I'm just a phone call away. That's really what it was. Like, the jitters went away after the first night. And then I was like, okay, this is exactly what she said. Like, you know, I like it. I look forward to what the next four years are going to be. And they flew by, really. Like, before I knew it, it was 2020, I was about to graduate. Yeah, that's – I remember my first day of college. It's the same thing, I think. I think it's a similar experience for all – 18-year-old kids who find themselves on their own for the first time, you know, trying to do laundry on their own and figure out how to get their meals by themselves. And, you know, if you haven't had a lot of those responsibilities until you go off to college, you're figuring that out. And for you, you're trying to say, can I navigate the world on my own? Can I be successful without the help that I've had? And I imagine learning that about yourself and learning that you have the ability to succeed on your own was a huge, was a huge thing for you. Yes, sir. Like there's something like I've learned, like I said, over the years I've learned, you know, what I can and can't do, what I need to do, the progress I'm made to do things that I want to like, um, that's all that these years on my own independent, um, going to college has really taught me. Plus, I mean, um, it's helped me figure out certain things that I'll need in the future. Like when I really get out of my own, like job wise, if I want to move to another state, things to have in place because I still get help from CNAs now. It's just that I've gotten more independent to the point to where I don't need them 24-7 or even 12 hours a day. Um, just, you know, basically come in, you know, hit me what I need and whatnot, what I, but really what I can't do. Yeah. That's really what my game focus is. Like, what I can't do, that's what I really need help with. But what I can do, I try to do this for myself. Because my grandma always told me growing up, I was raised by my grandmother because um, I have four other siblings. So she helped my mom out with me. And I still go back and forth to see him. I stay with my mom. See if she takes care of me too, but I was mainly raised by my grandmother just because I'm down here in St. Paul versus my mom and them here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So my grandma always told me, like, do all the stuff you can do for yourself, like do everything you can do for yourself, be independent. And that's what I really try to focus on. Like those words always stick in my back of my mind constantly. Yeah. So you said your MBA degree was largely online, but undergrad, you were on campus, right? Yes, sir. All the four years um, I had was in person. Yes, sir. How were you received by your classmates when you showed up on campus? You know, you had that first night where you figured things out on your own, but now you're going to class. What was it like? How did your classmates uh, accept you? Um, I guess in a way it was kind of like a certain thing I did with like a shot. Like when I got it represented or my professor was like, hey, you know, you were I ain't gonna tell them a lot smarter than other kids in the class, but my work ethic really shined bright. Like, you know, I wasn't afraid to answer this or to do this. Like, really, it was just pretty much like a normal student who was intrigued to learn and do what, you know, do what's best to get the good grade in the class. Um, and then some students, um, like, I've heard over the years, like, you know, I've made, I guess, more of an impact than I thought I had, like, just being me, like, going through campus or I joined a fraternity called Five Beta Sigma while I was in uh, undergrad. So, helping out with different events and stuff like that, it really, I mean, really, uh, people really noticed me. Like um, my graduation pictures, for example, um, one of my frat brothers was also in a wheelchair. So I had him in one of my pictures and, you know, a lot of the comments that we got, hey, I'm proud of y'all, you know, y'all doing good things. Um, just a whole bunch of words of encouragement and stuff that I really never really expect to receive from people. Because I mean, I'm just going through life, going through life as a normal person. Even though I'm in a wheelchair, I don't expect to get treated any different. If I need help, please help me. But if not, I'm more than likely I'm gonna put my mind to it yeah. and try to figure it out. So I'm mean, well received by everyone. I've never had any issues and I can't say for example who or what people exactly, but I've know I made an impact in people's lives that it was unintentional, but I'm glad I made it. 
No, I'm, I'm sure you've impacted people in ways that, that you may never know in no short part because of just your positive attitude and, and your outlook on life. So you've talked about your grandmother a lot. Who have been some of the biggest influences in your life? And where do you think you get your just your your personality, your desire to make an impact in people's lives, your positive attitude? Where does that come from? Um, my grandma mainly, my mom, um, those are the biggest two right there. People I met in my fraternity, my fraternity, some of my fraternity brothers have been some of my biggest supporters and really people I can count on and talk to like when I need a fan or just I needed like just how my day is going and stuff like that. Um, other family members too, like my aunts and everything like that. But mainly it's just, I've seen how my, like for example, I'm the first one in my immediate family to graduate college, especially with two degrees. So I've seen like my family struggle and everything and I've always wanted to do better. Like when I get to the point to where I can help whoever it is, just I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to give back. And plus I want to make a difference, not only in terms of helping my family and everything, but also in terms of, you know, the disabled disabled community. Because there are a lot of things that we know or we don't know that we can that we need to know. However, without someone, you know, hey saying like, hey, these are the resources available, or this is what you can do, or hey, I want to help you do this. I mean, we have to do it on our own basis. We like find that person or find that resource that's out there for us. Yeah, and the article I read, it talks about how you commented on how you do want to give back to the disabled community. Uh, is that something that you've been active in currently? And what are your what are your thoughts and plans there after graduation? It's not, uh, it's not actually something I've been adamant currently. I mean, I've, around campus, like if I know anyone who needs help or I've had the Accessibility Resource Center contact me about, you know, talking with a student about, hey, I, we have someone who's interested in getting a new wheelchair. They want to if you can ask, answer a couple of questions. Or I used to go over there a lot often during um, undergrad before the pandemic and everything. So if I was over there and I saw someone, I would speak. Um, there you have people with disabilities of all kinds. They have a CNI dog or you know, muscular cirrhosis or any kind, you know, it's good to see people who are similar to you, but different conditions and like, hey, you're not the only one going to ski see other people making it and you really inspire one another. Like, okay, this is the whole community here. And we're all we're all different. However, we're all well, we're the ones who make it up. And we're the ones who basically, you know, inspire others to do the same as well. What would you say have been the biggest challenges as you have gone through college and then getting your MBA? And it might not even be related to, obviously, being in a wheelchair. Graduate school is hard. Getting an MBA is hard. What would you say has been the biggest challenge for you getting to this point? Well, mainly with me, it was just online because, I mean, I learned best in person. Like, I like to actually be there physically, learn this and that, and then and with a teacher in front of me, I can actually, like, if I have a question, like, I can ask it right then and there. Or if I have a problem, um, we can work on it, like, you know, side by side. Or you can pull it up on the board and do it that way there. Um, that was the main challenge there. Other than that, um, it wasn't um all that bad. Like I said, certain classes, you know, the higher level you go, like, finance 5250 or 5400, you know, the higher level of the classes, of course, it's going to be hard. However, along the way, I mean, certain uh, way certain professors did the class, like, for example, my finance classes. Most of them was by Victor Behoof. Um, he's the professor at UNCP. Um, he put us in groups where certain projects we had to work on. We did them in groups. So I know one was we had to pick a um, either we picked a company or he gave us a company, and then there was like different parts we had to do to it. I know one where I had to do like a financial analyst part. Where I had to do different ratios and stuff like that. And the reason I had that part because we broke it within a team of four, and um, we split up the work and everything. It was really good. Like it taught me a lot of lessons. It was long winded and everything just because I mean. You have to do this one for a whole big successful company out there. So you have to go online, find all the different 
statements and everything, make sure that you find the right statements at that because I mean, there are plenty of resources online that you can look from, but not all of them are good resources. So from there, it was really well. Plus, I mean, it's been um, it's been quite a drive. I met some good people along the way. Um, I know this dude named uh, Alan Clark. He was in one of my finance groups. And he's been a big help. I mean, we worked together a couple of times, had a bunch of classes together. So it's been quite an experience. But like I said, the main thing was just it being online, so not having someone there fit in front of you physically was like the main challenge. If they did something more like, hey, we're going to do a weekly, like one online class I had for my accounting was, it was completely online. However, it's people like, hey, I'm going to set it up to where once a week, um, I'm a, we have a Zoom meeting or a WebEx meeting to where we'll go over the lessons for the class and everything. We'll go over the homework. If you have any questions, please ask me. And I really liked it like that. That was a real good class. I like the way he did that. Um, not every professor does that. However, that was a great learning experience for me. On the flip side, what what's the most rewarding thing about your career at UNC Pembroke, either undergraduate or graduate? What, when you look back, has been most rewarding for you? Um, undergraduate was a similar thing, like being um, not only graduate with my bachelor's degree, but the, all the different things I got to do while I was in undergrad, like with my fraternity and everything. Like up until the pandemic, um, we had a big semester plan, like uh, a bunch of events. We were doing a, a scholarship pageant. Um, we had other things lined up too that was going to really uh, help get involved with the campus and get the community and everything going together like that. Um, grad school wise, basically just you know, graduating and then also doing that article because. I never thought I would leave an impact like that. Like the article being mainstream like that, I never thought so many people will see it. Like, I mean, you're in a whole different state and you saw it. Like, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's right. That's the that's the beauty of technology. It, uh, it makes the world smaller in a lot of ways and enables people to hear other people's stories like yours. So very much appreciate you sharing your story, inspiring our listeners. What, what final advice do you have for people who might be on the front end of their own graduate school journey, potentially looking to get an MBA or just any sort of advanced graduate degree? Um, you know, what advice do you have for them as they're about to embark on a similar journey to what you have just completed? So my advice to them is to, well, I have several advice. I'll try to tie it all into one. First, if it's something you really want to do, go for it. Don't let others discourage you. Just make a plan for it. Think about what you can do. Don't worry about like, you know, how someone else is doing it or their progress and everything. Just do what's best for you. Because at the end of it, this is your life. So you, you know what you can do more than someone else does. The second thing is don't get discouraged by those you see around you. Because it's easy to see other people being successful. Like, hey, my friend's doing this. Or my friend's a millionaire. Or my friend just got this. Well, I mean, you never know what they went through to get there. Like, they, they might have went through the same difficulty. However, they just didn't say anything. So my advice is, look, just climb the ladder one step at a time until you get to the top. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there. You will get there eventually. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and never give up. Very well said. I think that's a great way to end it. Uh, powerful, really, advice and life lessons. So I appreciate you sharing that. If people want to connect with you, or are you on social media? Or how, how can people connect with you? Yes, sir. I'm on social media. My name is Darius Whitted. That'll be D-A-R-I-U-S. Um, last name Whitted, W-H-I-T-T-E-D. I'm on LinkedIn as well. So um, both of those are my public profile. See me speak with me. I'm not a me person. I'm very open. So if you just if you look at me and be like, hey, I want to message him, get to know him, hey, feel free to send me a message. I'll definitely respond to you. Because like I said, I'm open. I always like meeting new people. And I'm a friendly guy. So the more people I meet in this world, the more impact I can make on them or the more of an impact they can make on me. Or we can make an impact together on the world. That's right. So I'll post some of those links in the show notes below. 
And for now, we'll go ahead and sign off. Darius, again, thank you for your time. Congratulations on graduating. I know the future is bright. And with your perseverance, with your mindset, with your attitude, you will be successful at whatever is next. You and I will stay in touch. But for now, I am signing off. Take care, and we will see you next time on the Dominate Test Prep Podcast.